Ganu came in like a wrecking ball, and so did I, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage. I think Stipe proved fighting's way easier from outside the cage this weekend. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, he said that photo looked worse than it was. How are you? Are you looking worse than you are, or are you feeling good? Both. I feel that I look worse than I am advertised, and I feel that that photo still makes me cringe. There's two outcomes I hate for every fighter, and I've seen a lot of fights both in person and covering through the many years we've been doing the show. The first one that makes me nervous is when they go behind their knee for that involuntary stretch, just like that. And the second one is when they get knocked out so hard they hit their knee on the way down. If it is either of those two, you will oddly see me have a reaction of, nope, I'm not okay with this. Nope, anything but those. And that's how I felt the other day. However, our good friends over as it shopped as it gets drew um, a nice little guitar. So it looked, instead of like he was bending backwards, like he was really hitting a great guitar solo. So kudos to them because that was probably the best thing I've seen all week. But you know what's great, Kevin? We brought on last week a fight expert, a fighter in himself, somebody who's going to be on the April 10th card. And as we've learned this week, things can change on that card very quickly because as of last week, it was known as Till versus Vittori. And as of this week, it's kind of, we'll see, Till's out. He's fighting TBA. He's fighting the Bluth charity. It's amazing. (laughs) I hope they just cut Thomas... Belvedere Alvor, TBA, here he comes. So it's very likely that even though he is the top of the prelims card, anything can happen within the next couple weeks. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. One, Joe Selecki. Joe, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Just finished up uh, my last night of hard sparring. So one of the last tough things I got to do is done. A couple more things on the list. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Enjoying talking to you guys now. I'd argue we're tougher than your tougher training, but whatever you say. <laughs> I would tell you this, though, my friend. I noticed that you're making the rounds. You're going on all these different shows. At some point, when do you, like, look at them or hear them and say, man, you guys just aren't Raph and Kev? Oh, uh, from the beginning, I think? Uh, from the last time we did this, what, a week ago till... <laughs> today every single time i've done it no there's some that are great but i was laughing tonight is like uh which is fine you're gonna be asked about your opponent but i was like i think i'm just getting so many requests for interviews because they can't get a hold of jim so they're just talking to me about what i think he's doing like uh sometimes at some point in the interview i'll be like i I think this is just an interview about jim miller but they're just going through (laughs) me because he's uh, he's done all the interviews he's just not answering they're like we can get this guy like what do you think Jim Miller weighs right now? What's he eating? I'm like, uh, guys, I don't know. I'm fighting too. But, uh, yeah, so it is a blast talking to you guys. So then you're not going to answer our questions of what do you think Jim Miller's favorite book is? Should I cross that off? <laughs> Probably something about hunting, I would assume. But, yes, that's, all, that's my best guess. I'm it's still definitely upset. a hunting coffee table book. I heard that pause Joe did when you were like, at what point does he realize they're not Raph and Kevin? He was like, who's Kevin? Oh, shit. The people I'm talking to. Yeah. Yo, never. What? I heard it. I just, Joe, I've moved past you. it. We respect you enough to know 
that you belong here. You're a welcome addition to our show. We enjoy having you here. You're fighting very soon. Was your heart a little bit torn out when you did hear that Till was off that card, though? Uh, well, uh, no, no. Uh, if I if I was like not fighting that night, I probably would be like, oh man, I was looking forward to that. But uh, I really didn't even. Then my only thought was, oh crap, I might have to fight later in the day. What if we get bumped to the main card? But uh, no, as far as them fighting, I, I really like watching Vittori. So uh, I'm pumped that he's on there. But uh, still. But no, I hadn't even thought about it. I just thought about the poor guys getting called up to five rounds on short notice. Really, I just sympathize with that person. Yeah, it's a tough, <laughs> tough gig. But well, look, dude, we're glad that you've come back. Kevin, we're obviously going to get down some results, but. We should start right up top by talking about what Kevin was already suggesting, which was the slow death of one Stipe Miocic. Can you tell me where you were, what you were thinking, and your reaction to when you saw Nagano in round number one? We haven't even gotten to the knockout yet, but in round one, were you at any form of pause in that? So... Oh, he's still oh, here. He's cool. Sorry, my phone cut off. Yeah, I was like, I think we lost him for a second, but he's back, and he bobbed, weaved yeah, right back in. Four bars. I don't know impressive. what happened. Apparently, bars don't mean anything on the cell phones anymore. You recovered with four bars. You recovered so swiftly. I'm leaving this in the podcast because people did not know until we started talking about it. It was our secret, but I'm glad everyone knows now. <laughs> so, Joe, tell me your reaction to the first round you saw with Nagano and Stipe. Uh. <laughs> You know the meme with the like the sock puppet with his mouth open, he just looks around. That was me. Uh, I was like, "Oh crap!" Like I wasn't even thinking about the bet. I was just uh, now. I guess I'm full dad mode. I'm like, "Oh no, this guy's got a family. Like we can't." Like I was just like going. And that, I think Steve Bay is my wife's favorite fighter, and that including me. Uh, so I'm just looking at her, and she just like she looks panicked. And I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna see something bad happen." Like. He's a slow starter, but you can't be a slow starter with Nganu. And he's starting slow tonight. This is going to be bad. One of the people in our chat when I was doing the uh, live fight companion goes, don't count out Stipe. And I said, sure. But did you see that round? Are you concerned? Because I'm concerned. And I think the main concern that I had was when you saw Francis Nagano actually have some wrestling defense and just enough, not like a ton, not like he was a world-class wrestler, but just enough so that when he could get him to turtle, he could then go into his world of rock'em, sock'em, robot death. Because when I saw him start to punch from that position, I go, those don't look like they are leaving any kind of space for Stipe to be okay. <laughs> would have killed me, by the way. I just want that noted for the record. That would have That first round, no average human being lasts it. Is did Stipe? I missed the press coverage. Is he on the TB12 plyometrics? Did he go vegan? <laughs> is he explaining? Is this like a? He's like, well, I started hanging out with the Diaz brothers. I just did my fourth triathlon. He looks slimmer. No? Yeah, I, I thought in the uh, <laughs> I thought in the DC fight that kind of helped him. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. He's going to be slipping shots and rolling under. This is going to be fast Stipe. His head was really in the center. He looked, he looked kind of slower. And, uh, gosh, but I, I just – I don't remember the first fight. Like, I, I guess Francis wasn't calm. But uh, what do you do with somebody that's just standing there waiting for you to take a half step forward so they can kill you? I, I, don't, I don't know where he should have even started. Kevin, Pain? I'll ask you know. a question. 
Uh, my question to Kevin, and this is an important one. The first thing that I noticed, you noticed appearance. I noticed hair. Did the hair have any significant difference for Stipe's performance? It might have. He just, uh, if I'm fighting Francis Ngannou, which, you know, as a casual jiu-jitsu practitioner, I think you just fade in, then shoot the takedown. He'll hook him. Easy peasy. I don't know why Stipe didn't do that, but I'll get in this corner. <laughs> to me, Stipe did have uh, that moment where it was like, he looks too handsome and comfortable right now for this fight because he had his his hair night of looked horrible. I get it; it's a little wavy, but people with thin hair can we can sympathize. I'm a little bit on his side here. Sometimes, no matter how much gel, if I want to grow it out, it's just going to flop around like I'm Dennis the Menace. I don't think that's ultimately what his problem was. I think it's I think he's starting to get in the handsome bubble, Raph. I think this is a handsomeness situation problem. Okay. Okay. That's definitely one form of analysis. So I'm glad that you're bringing that up. Very few fighters like... get more handsome as their career True. goes on. Like Forrest Griffin is <laughs> Forrest Griffin's unrecognizable. He's like a different human being, a fight career later. But Stipe somehow is just like, looks good. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. They got Michael Kane from uh, Miss Congeniality to go ahead and fix them up real quick. I would ask you this, though. We haven't even talked about the knockout yet, but, Joe, you're a fighter. How did this happen? And to your recollection, what did Francis do in that second round that made it so scary to the rest of that division and maybe possibly John Jones? I think he just didn't come forward. I mean, he came forward, but he didn't. He didn't. I think he figured out where his red line is. I still think it's probably pretty low on the scale. You know what I mean? Like his gas tank is definitely a much smaller gas tank than anybody else's, but they can't make him use it when he doesn't want to. I think he's gotten a little better defensively where he'll still hit you coming in. He doesn't have to run at you. And I think that's when they're like, oh, crap, like we can't gas him out because he, he won't engage until he's ready, you know? He won't throw seven shots. He's just going to throw one and it's going to hurt. I, I My best guess, I don't know. I don't know where you... I don't know. I don't know. I think the only person we were saying, maybe the only person that could counter that is Derek Lewis, because even though he looks different, he has the same gift. You know, he can he, he can do the same thing, and he know. somehow recharges batteries pretty quick too. <laughs> but I, again, I don't think so. Gifts. But I don't think I don't think anybody. I don't think there's anything John Jones could. I really don't see. I don't see how you beat him at this point. Have you ever been KO'd like that? Yes. Really? It, I, it, it didn't look. As bad, but it was pretty close. I just think it was less bad because it was 155, but it was pretty bad. I fell on my own leg, too. Then the ref held me like a baby and made it his cover picture. Uh, and I was scrolling Facebook one day. I didn't even know his name. And I saw me. It was like someone changed their cover photo. And then his profile picture was him actually holding his son like that, too. So it was like profile was him and his son. And then cover photo was him holding me dead in his arms. So it was uh, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, not, not my best moment. No, hold office. on. This is terrible <laughs> Facebook etiquette. What the hell? Like, well, I think I'm starting referee. The... That's like, that's your proud day at work. Like, oh, I did my job. I saved this young man's life. When I see him, because he's like in the Carolinas a lot, I'll see him at like local shows. It's almost like he's ecstatic to see that I'm alive. He came up like, dude, congrats on the bait. Like, I'm just so happy to see you doing so well. I'm like, I think he thought I went home and died that night. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I'm with it, and I get it. I just don't understand the idea of like this dude's putting it like he 
rescued a kitten from a fire. And that's what he's like. People are into this. This is good, right? I just love the idea that we do have to remind people occasionally that your highlight reel is someone else's bad day. So I, I get that part of it. No one overlooks that part. But a referee being like, man, my arms look great as this dude is dying. <laughs> God, he really picked at up least, my forearms and my, my tries. At least he didn't great. tag me. That's what I always say. At least he didn't tag me. Sure, but uh, you know what? Now you've given me the limit of where I can go right up to here, Joe. So if I'm ever in a photo and you are not looking great in that same photo, I know I can get away with it. So thank you for <laughs> giving me permission to do that. We mentioned John Jones. Kevin, did you see any of what was happening with John Jones? I saw too much of what was happening with John Jones. For, I don't know how he, I guess I do, because he's put on a ton of weight and he's still trying to fight. So we're like, yeah, let's talk about him. Dana White calls him out. It's talking some smack. It's the bravest Dana's felt it, it, since he ran into, <laughs> since he ran into, a, well, he got caught running into a pregnant woman. This is like peak Dana White, John Jones confidence. John's tweeting. He's making th- photos. It's sort of, he's taking a little break. It's crazy, but he got pr- plenty of coverage. Can I just t- give you a little bit of a note that was happening? Apparently now, John Jones says that in order to fight in this division and to really take that fight with Francis Ngannou, he should be paid $8 million. Joe, well-timed sound effect, by the way. What is your opinion on that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think he said that wouldn't even be the... He said that wasn't enough, right? Eight to ten wasn't enough. You know I what? Thought? I didn't do enough to read it. I just said eight million and UFC. I would, send, it... I would do it for that much. I would send my wife in there, my mother, anybody really. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who that's not enough money for. We're not in the sport where you get a hundred million. Like I think, what's the highest uh, flat purse anybody's paid? I think it was ten to Connor plus obviously pay-per-view points but that's off the books or public so i mean i don't understand that's that'd be eight to ten is fantastic i would think i know the risk fighting francis but that's just he chose to go to heavyweight kevin should we have a sidebar here we did just hear that after some very interesting disclosures here that joe's willing to put his wife in there for eight million dollars so do you think, Kevin, this is in retaliation for her having a favorite fighter by the name of Stipe Miocic and probably shedding a tear more for his knockout ever than Joe's? Or <laughs> is this just him making smart financial sense? I don't know what it says about me, but I was like, my wife's three months pregnant, four months. I'm thinking I'd send her in. So I saw his logic immediately. <laughs> I was right on his side. It's like $8 million. Hey, and- in your defense, he never went to the body. It was only headshots. I've never seen him hit the body. Yeah, well, it's mostly just elbows, right? We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the lawsuit alone after that, it's a lot of money. Maybe so, my priorities are a little out of whack. I've been trying to buy a home recently. I don't know if you've done that, <laughs> but but it really makes you rethink. If Okay, if they called me, I'm definitely going. Yeah, um, yeah right now and that's not gonna feel good all right follow-up question yeah, here you just got a grin and that just tells you that john jones has too much money then because 
where I'm at in life, if you get offered eight to ten million dollars and you're not going to actually die, die, you're just going to get close to dying. I think you got to just take it. I think my wife would send me running, and I'm pretty sure. I don't know what the UFC clause is, but I know Bell. I think John said Bellator has like a five hundred thousand dollar policy where if you die in a fight, you get half a million dollars. I'm pretty sure my wife would be like, "Oh, cool, I get another half. That'll go toward the taxes I got to pay on this." So I think we're good. Yeah, I think I think so, she would send me in a heartbeat. All things being equal, it's not bad odds, just yeah. stakes wise. Yeah, actually, speaking of odds, I'm trying to find Joe's on my phone right now on FanDuel during this whole conversation. Well, I think you're bringing up a good point. And Joe, this is something I want to ask you to maybe kind of put a button on at least the John Jones discussion for this portion of the show. What do you think are the odds we see John Jones fighting? Uh, not even Stephen at this point, but I mean Francis, because the larger question is John Jones fighting in heavyweight period. But I guess now the question is, would he be fighting Francis? What do you think are the odds of that? Well, do I think the odds of him actually taking the fight or the odds of the, of the fight? Sorry. Of that fight happening. Oh, I think he's trying to price himself out. I, I mean, which is weird. Cause I couldn't imagine him being scared of anybody. I don't even know that he's scared. I think he just doesn't need, doesn't, doesn't feel like he needs it. I don't know. Unless he, unless he really missed that. I mean, my only thought process is this. Like, he's pretty cold-blooded. Like, I don't think he really... You know, most people, when you see them, you're like, oh, they get, everyone gets nervous for a fight. They just pretend they don't. But I really think he's kind of sociopathic where he probably doesn't. So my only thought process could be he really feels like he missed out on a lot of paydays all the time he missed. And maybe he really does just want to get this and, and make up for all that lost time, which I understand. He lost a lot of stuff between the Nike deal and everything else, the, the time, off, time out. So maybe that's what it is. Can I just tell you the one thing that I thought of in, in this whole scenario which was that, okay, John Jones is now trying to price himself at $8 million, which I think would have been a more effective sort of uh, approach had he not volunteered to go up a division and giving up a belt. Because what you're essentially saying is, I've moved up a division and I will take on these people. And they go, okay, cool. How about this guy? For $8 million now, I will do the thing I said I was going to do but mostly now because I see how hard he punch. So pay up or I'm not going to do the thing I said I was going to do. Are you two ready for breaking news, by the way? We might want to finish out some fight discussion, but I'm on FanDuel. Okay. I was looking at what my man Joe Selecki is here. He's a minus mm -hmm. 245 favorite. Okay. As I scroll down, they have Marvin Vittori verse, and they have a name here. Yeah. Kevin Holland. Yes. They have Kevin Holland at plus 215, but they've so got somebody. Where they left off was Kevin immediately volunteered to do it, and he said that he signed the paperwork. So the only reason we're doing this in quotation marks is because I wasn't 100% sure, but it seemed like a done deal. So, yes, Kevin is stepping in uh, on very short notice to take those five rounds that uh, Joe was very nicely bringing up there. I mean, if anybody could do it on short notice, he doesn't get tired. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, mean, I, I, feel, I, I almost wish I could learn his trick. Like, even when he's wrestling and stuff, like, he's just like, okay, I'll recover on the bottom, talk a little bit. And he never looks like the guys that beat him when they do look way more tired than he looks. So he's obviously not worried about five rounds. He just fought five rounds and didn't look tired. So more power to him.
probably do more jokes. I think that's really what it is. And I don't know if you do that sort of a thing. And I mean, we've gotten an idea, a little peek into how much you will trash talk people that you're really close to. But I don't know if you saw the meme that basically equated him to the Joker in the Dark Knight, where no matter what Batman was doing to him, he was just like, oh, very impressive. You know, all that sort of stuff. Like, I thought that's one of the most appropriate Dark Knight interpolations I've seen. Anyway. Well, I think that puts a good thing here. Kev, do you have any more notes about Stipe? Do you have anything to want to see him do next? Because I immediately was thinking like, bro, you don't want to rematch this dude. It might be a good time to maybe not say the retired word, but think maybe we are retired. Yeah, he's getting older. I I think there's a fighter that should be first in line on the retired line here, but we're about to get to that. Stipe, I like the him John Jones fight personally. That to me is a ton of fun. If they're if it seems like they're going to give Derek Lewis a shot regardless, which I think is good. It's probably the last chance, and it does that thing Dana really loves, which is gives Francis a chance to just be the champ. Because I don't think that's a tough fight for him. He's just a way better version of all the things Derek Lewis does, except for post interviews. And oh no, you didn't like that. <laughs> no, I'm saying I loved it, but it's Derek Lewis, like. The one oh, thing okay. he edges That's him out on is he is better at the post-fight interview. If I don't better, but he brings a style to it. That's so, fair because I had a I had a close friend who was telling me, they go, man, what a night for Francis. But I couldn't take that interview with him and Joe Rogan. And I go, what are you talking about? It was the best part. It was like, dude, he was interviewed for longer than he fought. And Joe Rogan <laughs> was so giddy to plug his episode of the podcast with him that he just kept going back. We've talked about... Your thing in detail on my podcast. How does it feel? And at one point, I'm pretty sure, don't go back and look it up, but I'm pretty sure Joe Rogan let out a, yay, you won, which is very <laughs> odd to see. So there is that. Kevin, you were mentioning somebody might need to retire. Who might that be? I told y'all, he's 38. He's three years older than me. Every day is a struggle. You don't get better. And he got choked to the podcast, Mr. Tyrone Woodley whom I'm excited to see maybe focused on the broadcast booth and we'll see him in some fun grappling and jujitsu matches as the world comes in. I hit the retirement button, but it's probably time, right? Do you want to see him get his ass kicked by Joe in a few months? I don't like I'm ready for him to be out. Okay. Well, Joe, when you were watching this one, is there a moment when you think to yourself, man, Woodley at least was trying to fight his way back in. Uh, no, I thought, <laughs> I feel like every fight is kind of a continuation of the last, you know? Now, I mean, he is fighting a lot of guys from the same camp. Like he fought Usman, uh, and then skipped one with Covington. But when he had Burns, Usman, and Luke, you know, obviously Usman's gone now, but they all came from Henry Houston. Maybe they just have his number, but I mean, he came out and tried to kill him like Ngana used to. But I think that was just like a Hail Mary of like a, see, I will still fight. And then he kind of just went back to what he did before, you know. Uh, he went out on the shield, but I think it's just, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately, you know. We all do. And I would tell you this, though, Kevin. This had one of my favorite, I know I'm going down, but I'm going to try and put up some kind of defense and offense at the same time. Because no less than two, maybe three times, did Woodley try to, grab the cage fence and 
push himself <laughs> off with momentum. Like, imagine not jumping off for a Superman punch, but just a regular man punch. Like, that's what he was trying to do, was summoning the power of momentum, only to get kind of derailed very quickly. And I have to give uh, Vicente some credit here, which is when he could have easily beaten the shit out of him, he chose the merciful version of it, which was a choke. And all I could think of was, thank you, Vicente. That was very kind of you. Yeah. Darstam. Choke mm-hmm. the bot. Love it. I love a good dark Darst get thrown in there. It's just excellent. So let's now go down a little bit more. Joe, oh. when you saw Sean O'Malley... <laughs> Were you happy with the performance? Were you pleased? Um, did you feel like maybe you don't do a walk-off knockout if you don't do a walk-off knockout? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of him, though, in a nutshell. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's the guy at the party that thinks he's really cool, but nobody else does. But uh, that being said, he looked great. Uh, but I think it was still kind of well, – I'm not trying to be a jerk. Who am I? I'm, he looked great. But I think you're supposed to look great against who he looked great against, you know? So I think he's definitely a fantastic fighter. And I think now he's going to get thrown somewhere where it's like, let's see if he's that top-level guy, kind of how he acts, you know? If he's as big as, as a McGregor or somebody like that, because he kind of carries that aura with him. But I think he gives it to himself. I don't think it just happened like how it did with McGregor at the beginning, you know? Joe, I want to thank you for reminding us about the heroin comment, because I had blocked that out of my brain. And then it felt like my phone, you know, when you feel like it's listening to you and it suggests maybe you should buy these things, that sort of a deal. I felt like after we said it out loud and my phone was near me, I got nothing but heroin comments and memes thrown at me. And I go, God, I really blocked this out. Like, I really just chose. Yeah, I don't really need to do this because he's already a weird kid and people really hate him. And I don't really, really hate him, but that is significantly stupid. So... Mm-hmm. That, was, uh, that was a fun one to see. Kev, you know what was interesting about this was that Sean O'Malley, especially coming from a leg injury, made a very big point to try and have a leg injury for his opponent, targeting his leg as if to say, I'm fine, fuck his leg. That's how much this sucks. I was impressed. Though. Like, he just it looked like somebody in a different league. I know he kind of he did. I thought he should have walked off. I kind of appreciated it that I think – impressively and Almeida would tell you uh, if we hooked him up to the honesty polygraph like yeah uh, 60% I was conscious still maybe maybe 40 (laughs) after that shot but I love those those are the best highlights he still got he just got beat up those kicks are mean those scare me like at least when if Francis strikes me that's all I have to deal with right the headache and the pain after and maybe years of trying to learn how to speak again but if someone's like kicking my legs, I don't like it. I hate that. Yeah. It's aggressive. Let's talk about this. Can you walk me through any of your memories from the Miranda Maverick fight and the Jillian Robertson fight? And I'll ask this over to Joe. Uh, I remember watching it. And I remember uh, talking about that I picked Maverick. And then for some reason, I don't remember anything else. So you literally so blocked out it. the fight, except just to say, I do recall the part when I was correct. So yeah, but I mean, even like the lead up, I remember being like, oh, I need to pay attention to this because I picked 
Maverick. And then when she won, I remember being like, okay, cool. I don't remember. And then I forgot. But I know she did great. I just can't remember the, the finer details. Um, gosh, that's really bad. No, it's not that bad. And I'll tell you why I was asking. going on. You're fighting this. Like, calm down. Don't beat yourself up. You do have a (laughs) professional career coming up and see a lot of fights. I'll tell you this much. Part of the reason why I asked you is because I think I genuinely forgot it. I have bits and pieces of it. I can tell you that Miranda Maverick looked better all around. Um, Jillian Robertson had a game, if I remember correctly, a better second round. But there were still two judges that went 30-27 and 29-28. So... All around, I was pretty impressed by Maverick's ability to kind of aggressive, put some things together. I mean, she was looking for all different entries. And I mean, all around, I was like, you know, all things considered, good for her. I would tell you this. It is a sad moment on the show when a friend of the show gets knocked out. So Kama Worthy gets knocked out. And I swear to God, Kevin, on the Fight Companion, I was in the process of saying, Man, I think it's really interesting that Malarkey really wants to stand and bang with somebody with knockout power like Karma. Oh, oh, Karma's dead. Okay, well, um, good for him. He really knocked him out well, and uh, I guess I'm wrong forever. All right, this is a fun place to be. <laughs> I just put 20 books on Joe Selecki. <laughs> <laughs> so... Having said all those things, um, we should probably go down here. When somebody misses weight, Joe, and you have put money on them, do you wager on things outside of this? Are you a person that ever puts money on fighters? Uh, no, I never really bet. <laughs> I like to look at the odds of those, but I don't bet mostly because I don't have any play around money right now. <laughs> Fair. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the missing weight, I don't know, because it can go both ways. You know, if somebody misses weight, it can always be that they dried out and they got real sick and it's going to affect them in the fight. But it could also be they just kind of stopped trying three pounds out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes people just get, I think people are a lot mentally weaker. Uh, certain fighters are pretty, I, I've watched guys cut weight where you're like, you're fine. And they're just putting on the face and they're, and they're quick five pounds out. So uh, realistically they can come back and perform fine the next day. Then I've watched guys where you're like, dude, you're on death's door. And, uh, you know, maybe they missed by like half a pound. You know, so it's it's so hard to tell how it's going to affect the fight if you're not like around that person. You know, Joe, can you tell us what is the last like thing you're thinking about when you have to cut maybe that last pound? Like, what is going through your head when you get down to two to one pounds left to cut? Uh, I'm thinking the same thing that I'm thinking when I wake up and I'm nervous on fight day is like, oh man, it was like thirty more credits to graduate school. No, uh, <laughs> but. It's kind of like, it's funny because when you're water loading earlier in the week, all I think of is if I have to have another sip of water, I'll kill someone. And then that last hour, last pound, you're like, I would kill someone for a sip of water right now. So it's just, you're like, gosh, why did I not cherish it when I had it? <laughs> Kevin, did you happen to see the submission on this one from Menafield? I, I know it's a Von Flu, but I didn't see it. I was actually, as we're talking, I'm desperately trying to find a highlight, but ESPN's ESPNing. Sure. It was impressive. Uh, amazing takedown. And then all of a sudden, you kind of see Metafield going, Is this dude going to let me vault through him? Like, is that what's happening here? Because I'm okay with this. And it turns out that Fabio said in the takedown, he got a little bit of a rib injury. So that seemed to be the kind of discussion that was happening after it. But oh, I found either it. way. Oh, up against the fence. 
That yeah. sucks. I'll ask this, Joe, you're the black belt here. How many times have you landed a Von Flew? Uh, maybe one, once. Maybe. That's about as many times I've landed a North-South choke. Once or twice in 20 years. See, I feel like you should have more North-Souths than a Von Flew. Hey, Von Flew I know. feels like a golden goose that when you have it, it's your hole-in-one in golf when you go... <laughs> Guys, I got a Von Flu. Like, we should give somebody a ceremonial plaque that said, you got this. Most people don't. So I always think it's pretty dope. I would say, though, I didn't know that I was going to be so concerned. But, Kev, hint to the wise, if you're in north-south with him, you've got some time to spare. So we'll just we're marking <laughs> that for later. It's good. It's not saying it's going to be pleasant, but at the very least, you'll survive that portion of it. <laughs> I would ask this though. Okay, so now that we're looking over, what did you make of uh, Nurmagomedov 5.0? Woo! I'm a big fan, Me? by the way. Yeah, Joe, what did you make of him, Nurmagomedov? 5. I thought he looked great. Yeah, I thought he looked really good. I stand corrected. Uh, I know that I thought he wasn't going to be good, but I just thought there was a, a good chance the other guy could take it. But uh, and good, but. Gosh, yeah, he looked good. They're doing, they're doing something right over there, obviously. Uh, gosh, every by something I mean everything in every department of MMA. But uh, and then what? The, his did his other his other brothers fighting? Is it this weekend or next I week? I think coming they're, up. They're on our tail. How many are there? Yeah, I know. They're like uh, samurai. It's becoming it's becoming impressive. I I'm gotta, gonna confess right now. Every time I I see a Nurmagomedov. I look up their topology and check their weight class. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. 135, <laughs> 170. And then the 55 brothers side of Bellator. I was like, fantastic. Great. All right. All right. Now I can't say in the OC. I would really like a heavyweight Nurma get off. Oh, damn. That would be awesome. I guess Stipe is pretty close, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I want one yeah. that really struggles with English. You mentioned, though, that as you were watching this, there was a little bit of, oh, I didn't get that one right, but props to him. Did you remember all of your picks from last week? No. I mean, most all the main card ones, for sure. Um, but then I I was going back. like I really couldn't keep score in my head of who, what. Because uh, some of them, I, I, most of them I remember, but there was some where I was like, crap, I don't remember even talking about that. And we did, but uh, so I, I don't even know who won. Was Well, that's good. We'll get to that in a second. Was there any sort of anxiety as you were watching the fights? Does that change anything for you? Uh, not really. We were, so we watched it uh, with the Salters, and my baby was there. They just had their baby. We were playing, talking to them, hanging out. So uh, it took the competitive juices out a little bit. I didn't have to stress too much, which was nice. It's fair, especially when you're having kind of a, a parent – play date night as well like the kids get to hang out yeah. with each other You're like your babies totally you don't know any better date. we just totally normal play date we just watch a bunch of cage fights so totally, totally, totally normal family <laughs> it's amazing and i like the fact that especially explaining to this when the kids are older you go right we are fighters we do have gyms um but also <laughs> Um, this is our homework and we have to do it. So, yeah. you know, it's just kind of what we do for fun. Anyway, learn this takedown. It'll be great. Summer vacation in Dagestan for the little ones. 
Absolutely. Get them ready. <laughs> That's the only way to raise them. And I would ask She's this. You're going to have everything I never had. <laughs> I, I feel the answer is no on this question. But if you are watching with Salter, we know him. He's a friend of our show. Is there ever a moment when some kind of drilling happens when you are watching a fight? Because you guys are fighters. I know him. But are you able to separate that out? Yeah, it's Saturday nights and Sundays are, are off limits because Saturdays are just a grind at our gym because we always, that's all our visitors come. We have a really big uh, jiu-jitsu practice and like we get black belts from all over. And then after that, we have to spar. So like we're incapacitated. That is just like, basically we sit around and, and make fun of uh, anything there is to make fun of on the TV, even guys that are great and just, we do not talk technique too much, which is great. I, my brain couldn't handle it. Not one time Probably. you're both holding the babies, being like, if they had just taken this angle, <laughs> moving the baby slightly. Not one. Okay. All right. That's good. I will say, I actually appreciate the fact that the fighters take all of the technique out of it and then just look for things to make fun of them and be like, look at Steve's hair. Stupid hair. Yeah. It's all out of place right now. Man. Well, good news. Francis knocked it back into place, but also he's dead. So <laughs> it's good for the casket. Um, I, I like that. I think that there's there's a show in that at some point. I'll just kind of rapid fire these last ones. Uh, Michael Oxygis and Modestus Bukakis. And I realized why I was messing that one up gloriously is because I realized it was too close to Bukaki. And I said, see, that's why I've been messing that one up on purpose so that I don't say the other one. Omar Morales defeats Shane Young via decision. And the night started off with a TKO with Mark Andre Barriolt getting the win over Abu Azitar. So having said all of these things, you mentioned that you weren't thinking about it, but how confident do you feel about the picks that you made last week in comparison to Kevin's picks? I, I think I'm thinking about half, like, you know, but, but my, my inner pessimist is saying, what, you know, slightly under 50% I was. I know I won a couple, you know, I didn't pick a few, right? But I can't, like, some reason I couldn't do the total of how many fights and I wasn't even, I never pulled the card to check, but but not that confident. Okay. Okay, good to know. Kevin, should we let him know how the results went? I hadn't got who he had Miocic. We both chose Menafield when there was a switch. I had all that malarkey for comedy purposes. I had Nurmagomedov, yeah. and I quote, because I said, can't vote against that last name. We both had Luke A. Uh, I had Oleg Susik. You had Bukaki Koskis. I ha we both had O'Malley. You had Morales, you had Maverick, I had Barry Alt. For what is a stone-cold crushing, where in which I got eight of ten fights correctly, and you got close, oh. half that. You got four fights correctly. So not going to need the tiebreaker this week, sadly. <laughs> so, Dang. Joe, do you, do you remember what you have to do now as a result of this? Uh, I'll take a refresher just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad Man, you decided to use the version of photo friend on this show. Kevin, do you remember what the bet was? Absolutely. Cause I wrote it down. That's what years of, of weed and alcoholism will get you some okay habits. 
he has to do a little uh, little promo video for the show that's you know he explains you know. while he's fighting on ABC, which is also a little promotion for him. He'd like to tell you that he would have loved to have been on Desperate Housewives or whatever show he chooses. <laughs> he gets to pick what ABC show he feels. They have, you know, they have Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't want to, like, preach to him how to do his business. Okay. But, like, a 30 okay, to 45 I'm second. The There's quite a few that we, we enjoy on there. Hey, we're Bachelor Nation. Same. I go on Paradise. Same. A couple years ago, you know, I've I've often I'd be thought they're crying the whole time, hating life. They need a couple's <laughs> counselor, like they need a couple's counsel, where they can come yeah. and like sit by a fire and ask three normal couples, like, "Hey, he kind of said <laughs> yeah. that I was harshing his vibe, and then he made out with Sonia, and we can all be like, deal breaker, get out of there, this guy sucks,' or you know, talk him through it. It's a good, it's a good moment, but yeah. You don't have to steal my ideas. There's, there's tons. All right, I can. I hey, I accept it. Four out of eight. Wow, that's terrible. Or four out of ten. Wow, that's really bad. Yeah, it well, is definitely a failing grade in public schools. Um, but <laughs> to be fair, there were two switches on there, so I give you a little bit of leeway. Um, I would tell you this though, Joe. It's way, way, way better that you were a fighter that we know is a reliable, fun fighter to watch. So we're excited about that. We're also excited that you were doing the hard work of plugging our man, John Salter, as the number one ranked uh, in Bellator to challenge for the title. And I think it should be a closed case. He should be fighting for that that championship, right? You would certainly think so. Uh, right. Between what we've heard and, and, and what we're seeing now, like uh, if they wanted a reason... To not, you know, to slide somebody else in there, they wouldn't have put that out in their rankings. So I'm certainly thinking it's got to be it, right? So, uh, I mean, Josh, he was supposed to get it after he beat Kendall. And how long ago was that, you know? So yeah. uh, long overdue. Hopefully it gets solidified here in the coming days or weeks. Well, I'm going to put this out to you because I did say one. I actually sent a message to Salter this week. And he said maybe. And I didn't realize he just had a kid. So I told him this is our usual week of pro wrestling and jiu-jitsu meeting each other. We refer to it as WWE BJJ Week. We created this first. And then, for whatever reason, y'all started doing your scream videos where someone gets powerbombed and thrown all around the area. <laughs> and I just sent him a note. And I was like, first, you're stealing our shtick. Uh, but you're doing it really well, so I do appreciate that. And number two, I said, can you get us a video? And his response was, I think so. Maybe. And then I saw you had a kid, and I go, oh, mm, I didn't know that. But he's do you think he would? <laughs> he's still in the gym uh, every single day, every single session. So I'm sure they could get something going with that. The problem is, is Coach Tucker. So what you may have to do is put out the bad signal for Coach Tucker on Instagram because he's he's been MIA for months and months and months. Oh, uh, no. So I think if he feels the pressure, he will he'll show back up with the screen. But, I will uh, tell you this, because this is a good time to tell the people what the championship is that we're doing. So for WWE BJJ Week, we're, it's an open fan submission. We have friends of the show who are guests like yourself, and we have fans who are submitting videos. This year's winner 
will get a customized championship belt. I'm not talking about the one you pick up at Kmart. I'm talking about our friend who has drawn amazing artwork literally has shown me a proof. It is a championship belt that we will give to the winner of this year's competition. Kevin, I think you've seen a proof of it. How would you describe it? I would describe it as badassery meets the magic that created the Harry Potter world. It's really something special. Wow. Well, in that case, if there's one thing that Coach Tuggan loves, glitz and glamour, and that's our screamer, so we need to, we'll, we'll get him back. Dude, he's got no reason not to. That's what he does best in the world is his scream and get beat up. And uh, he's left us. Now, I will say he has gained a lot of weight, so the throw, we may not be the winner. The throw may be very lackluster, honestly. Uh, but we'll see, because Corey's lost some weight. So we got to see what happens. we got to see if they can... Is there nobody also. else that you can throw in that gym? Like, isn't there a white belt you can just voice him over and dub it over with? I know, but our video editor left, too. Oh, no. Pastures. Wow. He works for Keenan Cornelius now. He got a legitimate job. He does all the Keenan online stuff. Well, he left Keenan, us for Greener Pastures. That's a debatable word for legitimate job, but good for him in making money. <laughs> um. Well, listen, yeah. dude. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pester him. You just put in a nice note. And I could say this. We could accomplish all things at once. And you could potentially say what your favorite movie or, I'm sorry, series that you would like to be plugged into while nonsense happens in the background. I'm just spitballing. (laughs) The week is starting on Sunday. So just putting it out there. And you guys could film it, I guess, over the weekend. So you know what I mean? Like, you do that. But to our listeners, I want to remind you guys, submissions are due Saturday, April 3rd, if you want to be considered. We have to premiere it. You cannot premiere it. It has to go on our page first, and then you guys have a window of, like, two days, and then you can put it up. But that is how it's going. So WWE BJJ Week 2021, fans, friends alike, all you have to do, get in contact with us. It'll be nonsensical. I've already seen some of the videos that people have submitted to us, and it is going to be incredibly stupid, but we're making up for lost time because we didn't do it last year. So this is the sixth almost annual version of this version but joe we're glad that you were able to come through man i gotta tell you you know you are such a nice guy i felt bad making you have to talk trash but i felt really good that we got to hear your analysis and we felt really good last week when you were coming on and i like i said we we signaled it toward the end i think you have a trash talker inside of you and i'm glad that we unleash that unlike those other unprofessional podcasts that you've been seeing yeah, yeah. I don't get to. Uh, yeah, I don't get to uh, unleash that. I don't get to to settle in on the other ones. It's like, bam, bam. All right, take care. See you later. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we settle in. We, we're off to the races. Well, that, Kevin, do you have any... my filter? I forget we're doing a recording, and then it can get real bad. Who knows? <laughs> we'll never lead you too astray, Kevin. Do you have any departing words for him <laughs> that will help him get his mind straight before he gets to that UFC? On ESPN Plus. Nice guy, my ass. Vegas has him favored to beat the shit out of Jim Miller two to one. That's that's not a nice human being by by any stretch. Congrats, sir. Can't wait to I mean, this is a big opportunity. We were giving you grief, but you're in that you're in their money spot on the on the intro card and that that's a big one. So it'll be fun to watch, but we're in your corner and now I'm financially in your corner. So I feel <laughs> like I want to urge you to get some extra sleep, stretch it out, you know, 
<laughs> follow your diet. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, man. We got to talk to the uh, odds makers in Vegas. They're saying one thing. The odds makers, what is the uh, fight or flight part of your brain? The amygdala? <laughs> the odds makers in there are telling me, like, you're a six to one underdog. You better get to work, dude. So, uh, yeah, man, we're excited. I appreciate all the, uh, all the opportunity to get on here, man. It's been great. So, thank you guys very, very much. No problem. We'll bring you back sometime down the line to chat just as regular civilians so that we're not putting you on the spot to make you fight, pick sort of thing. But we appreciate your time, Joe. Yeah, guys. Take care. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. See you.